0: Uh, so as um, Anthea said earlier, we're going to uh, be spending some uh, time thinking about friendship uh, and what the Bible has to say about it. And we're, um, our Bible reading today uh, is from the book of Proverbs. Um, usually we'd get you to open up to a specific chapter and we'd read it through together. But um, for something a little bit different today, we're going to be uh, reading a number of different verses from Proverbs. So um, whatever works for you, um, either listen or uh, you can follow along on the screen behind me. So from the book of Proverbs. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Whoever would foster love covers up an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends, and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. It is to one's honour to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person we can find. One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbour and says, I was only joking. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Do not forsake your friend or a friend for your family and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a friend far away.
1: G'day everyone, my name's Scott. I'm a pastor here at Trinity Church Pracker. So glad to be with you this morning. Um, before I start, just wanted to say publicly a huge thank you to the team who've organised the weekend together. Um, if, you, if you aren't aware, we've we've done a whole bunch of stuff uh, yesterday or Friday night, yesterday last night, and today even after we're heading up for a picnic up the road. It's been great, so I want to say thank you to Ada and her team, who's been Pip, Christine Schreiber, uh, Grammy, and Nate. Thanks so much, guys. It's been excellent. We live in an age now where we are more connected than ever before, right? Between our smartphones and social media, with things like FaceTime and Zoom. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, we're still able to see each other through something like church online. But despite all that, despite our connectedness, We're experiencing big problems with loneliness. In 2018, the Australian Psychological Society and Swinburne Uni got together and they published a study. Here's some of their findings. One in four Australians feels lonely. Many Australians, especially young people, report anxiety about socialising. 30% of people don't feel like they're part of a group of friends. And lonely Australians are in worse physical and mental health and are more likely to be depressed. Now, take a note of when that study was, 2018. Of course, what has happened since then? Well, the COVID pandemic. And so I found also a, a 2023 from this year a report written by the Australian Government's Institute of Health and Welfare. And here are some of their findings. Young women, uh, it talks about young women particularly, this, this age between 18 and 24. Uh, in 2021, more than one in four young women, so we're talking more than a quarter, said they often feel very lonely. This was up from, the same fr- fr- from uh, 2015 when the same group of people reported that, that the figure was then less than one in five, so less than 20% to over 25%. Uh, by october twenty twenty two more than one third so we 're talking thirty six percent of Australian adults reported experiencing loneliness in the week before they were surveyed and across all the age groups between two thousand and one and twenty twenty one people have had less and less people all age groups have declined in uh, the social contact they have, these things like seeing friends, going out with groups of people, that kind of thing. And you can see it in this uh, graph. Everyone has gone down. Loneliness, it's a significant health issue. All across the world, uh, governments are trying to do things about this. So in Australia, our uh, locals, uh, councils are trying to combat this and one thing they're doing is putting on something called Neighbour Day. This is a day once a year, where they try and get um, people to meet and socialise with others in their neighbourhood. Um, that's the graphic from last year. If you're wondering, this year, the date is the 31st of March. Sunday, the 31st of March in 2024, next year. Uh, in the UK, you might be aware that they had a government minister for loneliness. It's currently held by a guy whose name is Stuart Andrew. Not our own Stuart Andrews, but... Um, this, this, there's been a government minister for loneliness in the, for the past five years in the UK, and here's what a recent report said about how effective that's been. The report says, What is clear is that there are multiple ways that the problem is being addressed, but that loneliness is still pervasive and intense for many people. Loneliness is a big issue in our society. And at church, we're doing a series now on relationships, and today we're turning to friendships. We all love our friends, right? Like, I'm sure each of us here would be able to recall a really good friend, whether it's a friend you've got now or a friend from the past, a really good friend and how good they were for you. But given some of the statistics that are going around most of us are, it's likely that most of us are able to recall a time of loneliness, perhaps even intense loneliness. And perhaps it's not even having to recall it. Perhaps that's what you're experiencing now in life too. You see, the topic of friendship is really important across our world and for us. So here's what I want to do to address it. First, I'm just going to look at a little bit about what the Bible has. so much more that I could say, but we'll have a little, uh, look at some of what the Bible has to say about this. And then after that, we're going to just practically think about how we keep friendships going. What are some of the, the day-to-day things we can, we can do to foster friendships in our lives? Okay, so let's go. Let's start with the Bible. And we're actually going to go to the start of the Bible because when, the Bible says that when God makes people, he makes us relational. We, we are actually made to be around other people. And is, part of this is, is that we're, we're made in the image of God. You know, in and of himself, God is relational. He is Father, Son, and Spirit for all eternity in relationship with one another. And God has made us in his image so that we are relational too, just like God is. Did you notice sometimes uh, part of the way God judges people is to separate them from others? So what happens when Cain murders his brother Abel? God sends Cain away from others. Which is a hard thing, and 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 Cain says so himself. It's hard because we're made to be with other people. Or on the other hand, um, following Jesus, you know, it gives us many blessings in life, right? And one of those blessings is that Jesus brings us into relationship with each other. That's a part of what church is about. That that the the the, the blessing of bringing us to be with one another, to be around other people. Yeah. We're different in lots of ways, right? Each of us. Um, So some of us are going to need um, more time with others and some of us are going to need a little bit more time alone. But, But all of us are relational creatures. That's why friendships are so important to us and why loneliness can be so crippling. We're made to be around others. And this is something... Not just that the Bible says, but it's something that our culture has recognized as well. So in the COVID lockdowns in Melbourne, you might remember this. The government was worried about the health issues for single people who were stuck alone on their own in their house. So they were able to nominate one friend and they were allowed to go and visit that friend. Even though there was a lockdown, because loneliness is a bad thing and friendships need to be fostered. We're relational. We see this kind of thing in, in, in the popular music scene as well. Now, this is a bit of an old song, but you might remember uh, the song I'm a Rock by Simon and Garfunkel. People remember this song? Some of, some of, you, some of you, right? There's a repeated line in, in, the, in the song, I'm a rock, I'm an island. It kind of speaks of saying, yes, I'm strong alone, I don't need anyone else. But actually, it's a song all about being hurt. And, and the response of the guy singing the song is, I've been hurt by relationships, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to live alone like a hermit. But as the song goes on, you get the sense that this isn't working out. And as much as he tries to convince himself that being alone is actually really painful. We see this kind of thing in our movies as well. I mean, how many movies have you seen where there's this character who at the start of the movie, he's like a, a hermit kind of figure off doing nothing with anyone else. But throughout the movie, you see him drawn back into society um, Take, this, here's an example, Gran Torino, the, the movie. Clint Eastwood, in this movie, is a widower. Um, things with his son are difficult, so he barely sees his son. And he lives in a neighborhood where all the people who used to live there have since moved out, and now it's full of people who've come from lots of other countries, and he doesn't really get along with them, and so he spends his days mostly sitting alone on his front porch with his dog beside him. That is until some of the neighbors who've come uh, from Cambodia they start to befriend him, and he gets drawn into their family and that community. You see what's going on here? The culture recognizes what the Bible has said, that we are relational creatures. We need people in our lives, but more than just people, we need actually friendships in our life, right? This is what the Bible says, that's what our culture understands. That's where the Bible starts. but there's another part of the Bible I want to take us to, and this is the book of Proverbs. Ada's just read through us a, a number of different parts in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is a collection of wisdom writings from ancient Israel. Um, many of the Proverbs are written by the, the, the Israeli king Solomon, but there's others from, from other people in there too. The, the, the big point of Proverbs, it's, it's all about living well in the world that God has made. And Proverbs has heaps to say about friendship. Actually, a couple of years ago, some of you will remember, we did a series in Proverbs and I did a full talk all on relationships from Proverbs. It's um, in the archives on our website. I'll send a link around. If you want to listen to that, I'll send a link in our our weekly emails this week. Uh, But now I just want to run through uh, uh, some of the key things Proverbs has to say. Uh, This will be quick and I won't say everything, but here we go. Firstly, Proverbs says that friendships are valuable. So, uh, Proverbs 15, 17, Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. And see how valuable friendship is there, right? Like So much so that it's better to have a meal with your friend, even if it's just a little bit of beans and Brussels sprouts. It, that's better than the alternative, which is having a full buffet, but no love in the room when you eat it. See, friendships are really valuable. And Proverbs says we, we we need them, especially in hard times as well. So Proverbs 17, 17, A friend loves at all times, and a brother's born for a time of adversity. Even when things go bad, a real friend won't give up on you. They'll stick with you through the hard times, which is exactly what you need, right? Proverbs also tells us um, what good friends look like. So, you know, for example... In um, chapter 18, verse 24, good friends are faithful and loyal. So the one who has unreliable friends soon comes through, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, Good friends don't always let past problems linger on. So chapter 19, verse 11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 27, verse 9 tells us that, Friends give good advice. They know us, so they're able to give us really good advice. So perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Now, There's, more. there's much more that Proverbs has to say about friendship, but, but, but these things, they ring true for us, right? We want our friends to be like this, and, and we want to be like this for our friends as well, don't we? If I was trying to summarize you know, really simply... The Bible says that friendships are a good thing for us, a really good thing for us, and so we ought to pursue them in our lives. Okay, here's the thing then. If loneliness is such a bad thing for us and friendships are really good for us, then why is it that we can find friendships so hard? Why don't we just... Make friends and keep away loneliness. Why do we have a problem with loneliness? You see, that, see the thing here? Friendships, we know they're good. Loneliness, we know it's bad. So why don't we just, why is it so hard then to keep our friendships? Let me suggest a few reasons, things I've noticed, and they might not be true for you, but I think generally these, these things are. Um, firstly, we, we just don't have time. Or at least we feel like we don't have time. We live busy lives and, and a lot of us have busy jobs and we end up rushing from one thing to the next and we have then little or no time to invest in our friends anymore. And then when we need our friends, they're just not there. Uh, related to that is, is that we're just not intentional about our friendships. Perhaps we don't plan in advance when we might hang out. And because we've got such busy lives, then we just end up slowly by slowly growing apart from each other. It's not that we ever intended to ditch our friends, but we just weren't intentional about keeping up with them. Uh, Perhaps the third reason is also unforgiveness. That is, our friends will let us down. Right, That's going to happen. Our friends aren't perfect, just like we're not perfect. But when that happens... What do we do? What's our response? That sometimes it will be right to end a friendship. But I reckon more often, it's just that unforgiveness can needlessly end a friendship. I'm sure there's more, more, more reasons we could come up with amongst the room of, of, of why we find friendships hard to keep up. But I want to spend a bit more time talking about the opposite. I want to spend a bit more time thinking about how do we make our friendships flourish? What are the things that keep our friendships going? Here, here's some ideas I've thrown together anyway. I think it starts with being other person-centered. Uh, this is, this is the, where we started our talk in rela- uh, series in relationships last week. We heard a bit more about this yesterday at the weekend together. But the big principle for the whole series is about being other person-centered. That's the key to relationships. And it comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Here's what it says. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Now, what was Jesus' attitude then? What was his mindset? Well, he was other person-centered, wasn't he? though he was god he didn't use this to his own advantage but instead he humbled himself he becomes a human he becomes a servant and he dies and he does this not because it's you know fun a fun afternoon for himself he does this because of what it's good for us he's not thinking about what's good for him jesus is other person centered and that's the attitude that we're to have in our relationships, in our friendships, being other person-centered. And when you think about it, that is just what a good friend is like, isn't it? They're not on about themselves all the time. A good friend looks out for the good of their friend. So with your friends, I want to say, folks, be other person-centered. This is part of being a good friend. This actually helps keep your friendship going through tough times. This keeps, helps your friendship keep going through the busy times. And the other person-centered person will tend to attract friends to them more than the selfish person will too. That's the first thing. Second thing, um, where you can keep old friends in your life. Long term friendships are really special. There's just years of, of, of friendship, shared history, years of trust that's been built up. Long term friendships don't come along every day. You know, uh, there's one study, they suggested it takes 50 hours of being with someone to move from them being an acquaintance to being a friend of yours. And that's even just being a casual friend. They say it takes even more time with them to move them to a good friend, and then even more time to being like a really close friend. So where where you've got those long term friendships, keep them up. It's worth the investment. But at the same time, can I say, allow space for new friendships to develop. I love Seinfeld, the TV show, right? Everyone knows Seinfeld. Classic show from, from you know, 20 years ago. There's this great moment. Um, uh, Jerry, one of the main characters, he goes to a gym. And there's a guy who works at that gym. He wants to become a friend of Jerry's. And so he starts trying to hang out with Jerry. And this one day happens to be on the same subway train as Jerry. And they're going along. And you can see Jerry's not really enjoying it. At one point, he just gets up at the stop. And he, he ditches his friend. And he says to him, this is what he says. He says, look, Ramon, you're a nice guy, but I actually only have three friends. I can't handle anything more. I reckon a lot of us find that this is true for us at some stages in our lives. And maybe when I was younger, I had heaps of time for all sorts of people. But but now between work and taking care of the family and all the other responsibilities, there's just no time. There's no time for new friends. There's barely enough time to keep up with the old friends. But this ends up being unhelpful for us. You can't be best friends with everybody. That's just, you can't. And each of us needs to be aware of our own limits here. But what does other person centeredness this mean? It's not. That I will just do what I want, what's good for me. I'm actually going to do what's good for others too. Which means that I might be on the lookout for those who are struggling, for those in my world perhaps who have less social connection, who maybe don't have as many friendships. And I'll at least be open to a friendship developing there. I I might even make an effort to try and forge a fin- friendship there. So I want to say, yeah, keep up with your old friends, but also allow space for new friendships to develop. Uh, two more ideas. I think this is number four. Um, have fun with your friends. Uh, do the things you enjoy, but make sure it's more than just a surface-level friendship. Yeah, you're going to need to go deep with your friends and be vulnerable with them. This is the kind of thing that helps trust develop between people And it keeps a friendship going for the long haul. And it means that when times are tough, your friends will be there for you. Uh, Fifth thing, most of the time, here's something I heard from someone recently. I think this is really good. Most of the time, what you're doing is not the important thing. But who you're doing it with, that's important. Let me put it a different way. Have you ever opted out of doing something with a group of people because you just didn't like doing what they were doing? I, I know I've done this. You know, I don't really want to go and see that movie or, you know, I just don't like going to the beach. It's so full of sand or whose idea was it to play disc golf? Like, no one really likes that, do they? Whatever it is. But actually, just being together is more important than what you do. Just keep that in mind as as you go about life. What I want to do now, though, is step aside for a couple of moments. Um, One of the things we're doing in this series is getting people from our church up here just to give us a bit of practical wisdom about life. Uh, And Today I've asked Ada to come up. Um, I've asked her to talk about friendship, how she's kept them up over the years, what kind of things she's done, what what, what she's worked on. Um, I've got one more thing to say after Ada is finished, but... Ada... Give us your practical wisdom.
0: Thank you. Um, so, yeah, as Scott said, I'm, I've been asked to take a few minutes to share some uh, practical wisdom on things that I've learned um, and continue to learn about maintaining friendships through the years. Uh, I'm no expert on being a friend, and I don't claim to be the best friend to the um, people who I'm um, friends with in my life, but um, I have confidence to share today because I'm someone who's learnt through the ways that other people have been friends to me. Um, as I think about keeping friends through years, there are a number of joys that I uh, can reflect on. Like when I was at uni, um, having lots of discretionary time and very little responsibility, uh, resulting in hanging out and watching movies and chatting till the wee hours of the morning and um, having some great memories there, sharing the joys of different milestones like uh, 21st birthdays, uh, weddings, babies, housewarmings, warmings, um, and even taking my first overseas trip Uh, without my parents, uh, with some close friends and discovering new cultures and experiencing life together. Uh, There's also been a number of sadnesses and um, hard times, like um, as uh, we've talked about this morning, when friendships drift apart, when there's been uh, misunderstanding or miscommunication. Or when life gets busy, um, everyone seems busy. Uh, None of our friends and and none of your friends uh, seem to have time or make time to catch up. Or when friends move away, um, interstate or overseas for work and study. Um, FaceTime and phone calls are great, um, but it's just not the same. Uh, But given the highs and lows, there are a few principles that I've found really helpful to uh, think through and remember um, about uh, friendships. Uh, Firstly uh, is adapting with change. Uh, sometimes we can make the mistake of forgetting the significance of the impact um, of uh, where, of change, whether that be in life uh, stages of life or life circumstances. Uh, I found it really helpful to recognise that uh, change also looks like adapting your friendship to suit that change. So, for example, it could look like uh, catching up with a friend at a park instead of uh, going for a fancy brunch at a cafe uh, because they now have a two-year-old in tow And being at a park means that their kid can be entertained in the playground while you catch up. Uh, Maintaining friendships uh, might mean that for a season uh, that you need to take a bit more initiative to spend time with a friend. It might mean that you need to work a little harder to make time to see that friend because you no longer see them uh, uh, through those some incidental opportunities. Uh, But the changes in life, um, and the changes in life might mean that you see them less than you did before, but it's important to remember that it doesn't mean that you're any less of a friend to that person. Uh, Secondly, um, I found it really important to be intentional. We've heard that this morning already as well. Uh, Being intentional means taking the time to message or call someone uh, to set up that time, uh, maybe in a few weeks to catch up over a coffee um, or a meal and putting that in your diary, um, whether that's paper or digital. The things that we value are the things that we make time for. So if you value your friendship with someone, uh, you're intentional about making time with them. Um, I have a great memory of one of my um, oldest friends um, uh, who and closest friends we studied at university together um, and we used to spend lots of time uh, together at uni. I saw her almost every day. Um, I was able to be in her wedding um, and I'm the godmother to her first daughter. I remember a conversation that she had with me just before she got married. And she was incredibly kind and caring in the way that she initiated a conversation um, about how our friendship would look different after she got married. Uh, But she still expressed a commitment to being my friend. And although I no longer see her every day uh, like we used to, uh, we've continued to share um, those significant milestones um, and moments in life together. Uh, Thirdly, um, I found uh, uh, it really important for us to learn from one another. I'm always amazed when uh, young kids ask lots of questions like, what, why, how, why, why, why? Um, But there's a curiosity that kids have because they want to learn about how the world works and everything they see or experience is new. Um, I wonder how much we apply that in our friendships. What's it like being at uh, your school? What's been challenging about starting your new job? How are you finding becoming a parent for the first time? What's it like at home now, All that your, now that all your kids have moved out? Well, tell me, what do you do all day now that you've retired? I hear retirement is the busiest time of life. Um, we can be a good friend by learning and knowing uh, what our friends' life experiences are like, because that's how we can learn how we can better care for them, uh, know when things are good and when things are hard. And this shapes how we can be loving and caring and praying for our friends. Um, As I finish up, there's uh, one thing that might be helpful to talk about, and that's about making new friends. Um, I don't know about you, um, but I sometimes find this daunting. Um, It seems daunting uh, because even though I'm uh, mostly a raging extrovert, I feel like my relational capital is limited or spent, and that I don't have the time or the emotional capacity to make new friends. But as life changes, whether you're at school, uni, workplace, uh, moving to a new city, moving to a new neighbourhood, or if you've newly joined this church, there will be new and different opportunities for you to be a friend to both Christians and non-Christians who you do and share life with every day. Now, there are different opportunities for you to be the type of friend that the Bible describes. It may be hard and a little bit awkward at first, but as God's people, we are motivated and driven by God's grace and able to be friends um, like Jesus is because of what God has done for us. I'd like to finish with a story but, um, that uh, for uh, Luke and I, we um, recently made some uh, new friends who uh, we that, who I met through uh, a mutual friend. Uh, we've been uh, uh This couple they uh, moved to Adelaide uh, maybe 18 months ago, and, and they have a little boy who's nearly two years old. Um, it was a little bit awkward to start with trying to like trying to tee up all four of our calendars uh, so we can all catch up together. Um, it's that get to know you period where you like. Do they really like me or do they not? Um, Can we really get along? Uh, But it's been a real joy that in that 18 months, we've already been able to celebrate the joys and challenges of life together, being able to pray together, um, and uh, they've um, become a real great support for us as we uh, start a new chapter for us um, being parents. So uh, that's all I had. Thank you.
1: I have some really helpful practical stuff. Thanks, Ada. But I wanted to end today on a slightly different note. I'm going to read um, from John chapter 15, just a few verses. And I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to us here. You're able to scroll through this as we read, Hannah? Thank you. So this is John 15, starting at verse 9. Jesus is saying, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. To end our time, I want to point out three quick things from these verses. Firstly, Jesus calls us his friends. Now, just stop and let that roll through your brain for a bit. That is incredible. You see, verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. If we do what Jesus commands, that is, if we are followers of Jesus, he calls us his friends. What could have Jesus called us? Followers, disciples, servants. And at different times in the Gospels, he does. But here he chooses to call us something richer, something that speaks of a closeness that he feels to us. He calls us his friends. Secondly, Jesus doesn't just call us friends. He shows us that he is our friend. So look at verse 13. Jesus has greater love, has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Perhaps this is the way you feel about your friends, that you do anything for them, that you'd even be willing to sacrifice of yourself for them. Jesus doesn't just feel this way about us. He does it. He lays down his life for us. Jesus dies on the cross for us. He dies to shield us from God's right anger against us and our sin. Jesus lays down his life for us because he considers us his friend. Jesus is the ultimate friend, isn't he? He's the Philippians 2 kind of friend who is other person-centered. So thirdly then, this changes how we think about Jesus. The Bible gives us lots of ways to uh, think about our relationship with Jesus. He is our Lord, so we owe him obedience. He is our Savior, and so we give him our, our, our unending gratitude and thanks for what he's done. Jesus is our God, and so we worship and give him all glory. And there's plenty more of these, and all of them, tells us something wonderful about how we relate to our Lord Jesus. But I think most of us probably don't remember this one very often. That Jesus is our friend. He is close to you. He opens up to you. right? He shares with you all that he has learned from the Father. He loves you. He cares for your soul. Jesus is your friend. So I wanted to end by saying, let that stick in your mind this week. Let that be the thing that you delight in this week. Let me pray for us. Our Father God, we thank you for the way that you have made us. Not just making us to be with other people, relational but then giving us other people around us. We praise you for this good thing that you've done for us. Thank you for drawing us into church when we were around others and we pray there would be deep and lasting friendships that go on amongst our church members. Father, in moments of loneliness, help us have friends. Father, we pray that you would help us live in ways that uh, are other person-centred, that we might be those who are seeking the good of our friends, and that they'll be seeking our good, that we might have friendships that endure and last. Help us work this out practically in our lives. And we want to say, again, just how thankful we are for Jesus, that he is our friend who lays down his life for us. Please give us gratitude in our hearts more and more for him. Please help us meditate on this reality over the week, we pray. In Jesus' name.